A little taste of Spain there from virtuoso Spanish guitarist Jesse Cook. Our US reporter Kristen Henning and husband Tom visited northern Spain, starting on the northern route of the Camino de Santiago. In green Cantabria, they focused on the sardine and anchovy industry and the artisan anchovies that are still filleted by hand. Along Spain's northern coast, that's the Atlantic's Bay of Biscay, they moved from one fishing village to another, tasting scallops, calamari and octopus, before continuing to Asturias, which is known for its cider and cheeses, and finally Galicia, the home of Spain's mouth-watering seafood stew. Kristen Henning, uh, you're in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the moment, but uh, you're about to take off something that'll be the subject of another story, but you were in northern Spain, right? Yes, we were in the break in the after the first year of COVID when things were starting to ease up, but before the first Delta variant, we traveled to Spain and we followed the Camino del Norte, the northern route of the Camino de Santiago, uh, which we did not hike, I must admit, <laughs> but we um, toured along the way and were introduced to the most spectacular food. It was wonderful. Well, the northern part of Spain has always had a great reputation for food. In fact, some of the world's best restaurants were there, including El Bulli uh, for a while. I'm not sure. I think that's closed down. But um, So tell me what you found. What did you enjoy and where? Yeah, and, you know, I think when people really first refer to the great restaurants of northern Spain, a lot of times they're talking about San Sebastián, uh, which is the city of pinchos, the stacked up sort of tapas that are typical of that region, which we're not going to talk about today, but I would love to revisit with you soon because we're going to go back there. Okay. Um, but what this... Um, so this more to the west, was it? Were you more to yes, the west? It, but it covers, it's to the west of San Sebastián, but it covers three of the, the provinces from Cantabria, which is called the Green Province, to Asturias, to Galicia. And right. Galicia is where San, uh, Santiago de Compostela is, which is the culmination of, of all of the various Camino routes. Sure. Okay, well, that's so an exciting that's, that's place. Yeah. for many uh, visitors. Uh, so were you over then, did you start somewhere over near the Portugal border, did you? No, well, when we hiked the Camino, uh, no, in this case, we were traveling from Santander in Cantabria, which is west of San Sebastián, and following a westerly direction and ending up in, Sus, in um, Santiago. Right, okay. So um, yeah, and... Santander is a great place to start because it represents the anchovy and sardine industry of Spain. Um, And the anchovies in particular are what we were introduced to and fascinated by because they are still, to this day, the finest um, variation of the anchovies are filleted by hand. They're salted and filleted by hand. Right. Just exquisite. Served just with a drizzle of olive oil. Now, is is uh, Santander on the on the coast? Yes, it is. It's on the northern coast of Spain, and the reason that the industry for um, 
sardines and anchovies started there really is that the Sicilians who had that market were looking for better fishing waters and ended up there and, and they're still to this day that north coast of Spain is is just renowned for, for fishing. So right. needless to say along this whole journey we ate a lot of fish and particularly a lot of octopus. Right. I I know the Greeks like octopus. I I haven't had octopus in Spain though. Admittedly oh, I, we were further we were further down. Uh, well, that's um, yeah, it, it's it, really well known up there. And in, in, yeah. um, as we moved on to Asturias, which is a uh, a wonderful province that is probably, I'm guessing, the least visited among uh, international travelers. I know it was one of the last provinces of all of Spain that that Tom and I visited, and we've. We've spent a lot of time in, in Spain, so it was it was our first visit to Asturias. And it's okay. Just wonderful, and you know when you're anywhere in the world or in Madrid in particular, where Asturian people are concentrated, they're always talking about going back in the summertime to their family homes and enjoying the beautiful scenery there. Um, you know, because at this point, west of Santander, you're getting into the fishing villages that are sort of nestled between the Picos de Europa, the big mountain range that runs across the north of Spain, and the and the sea. Uh, right. So it's spectacular scenery. Uh, if you are literally, you can do day hikes around there, biking around there. I've known people who biked the north uh, northern route of the Camino. It's It's difficult because of the elevation of the mountain range there but sure. it's really really lovely okay and so when you get into asturias um a lot of people might be familiar with the the cider the cidre that is um dramatically poured from on high one arm is high up in the air and the the waiter holds the the glass down low at their hip yep. and that's their aeration method of pouring the cider and it's delicious so, um, that's where the ciders originate. And also Asturias is known for, uh, I think it has four different cheeses that are that are um, specifically Asturian, but the um, Cabrales cheese is the famous one that is just... How would <laughs> you describe it, is it? You don't want to stop. It's not like rotten socks, is it? No, no. It's It, it does have... A slight blue cheese note to it. Okay. Not that strong. Uh, it is absolutely delicious. And how how do you typically eat, do you eat it heated up or do you eat it uh, cool? Um, it, I think it's usually just you know smeared on a it's semi soft and right. smeared on a on a baguette a slice of bread and enjoyed that way. So is is that almost a tapas? meal component yes right yes, it might be very well in in a story and bar you'll you'll find um it, it just served on a plate with bread for your with your drink and, and what's the main town in asturias well Gijón and oviedo are the main towns okay Gijón is the um seaside town and it's a port 
Now, how do you spell that? Because I think it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yes, it's G-I-J-O-N. I thought that's what you were saying, but I wasn't I wasn't 100% yeah. certain on the pronunciation. Okay. Yeah, that looks quite interesting. Um, I have looked at that at that town. It's a lot of fishing it's a activity. Town, a good walking town. A, yeah, a very good fishing town. And, and like a lot of um, old port cities that... You know, we're sort of had the seamy underbelly side. Gijón has been really um, renovated and rejuvenated, and it's a very, very pleasant town with some annual festivals that are very interesting, and and still the big um, seaside market of fish. Right. So that's a sight to see. And then inland, a bit from that upriver, is the um, Oviedo uh, city, which is the capital of. Asturias, uh, and that has a fabulous food market where you can be introduced to all of these towns that are specifically, um, you know, the regions of the the cheese and the cider and so forth. Right. Yeah. That yes. markets I, are, I the markets in Spain are so fantastic for being able to you know get a good overview of everything that's grown or uh, available uh, locally, isn't it? Yes, and the and with very helpful vendors who um, will, will tell it, you how to cook with something that you may not be familiar with. Yeah, and uh, let you know what is very specific to that town and not even the whole northern part of Spain. I think the only trick is it's in some of these places that are not major cities. You need to really speak Spanish or listen hard because that's probably what you're going to get spoken to, isn't it? Um, yeah. Did you find much English in these smaller villages? You know, I, I don't know because we speak Spanish, so I don't really look for it. I, yeah. That's a good question. Uh, oh, well, I guess if you have your, ma your magic three or four words, you'll get away with it, probably. Yeah, that's, that's true. And we had... I, it's a good example that we had a guide who spoke, um, who was with a group, an international group, a very small group. I think we had a Polish guy and a German guy, and Tom and me on this, in this group. And the guides were all instructed to speak English with us, and we, as a group, decided it would be better to use Spanish as the common language than English. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of. Yeah. You are able to. It just takes a little longer. And you may decide that Spanish is the better language or English is the better language to carry on. So carry on however yeah. it works. You know. Well, it's pretty amazing what you can do now with a with a phone and Google Translate. And, you know, you, you get away with a lot more than you ever used to. Right. And, and good old body language. And <laughs> yeah. Point and shake and, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I want to backtrack too, both in Cantabria and Asturias, it's really a um, wonderful region for exploring history too. The very famous Altamira Caves are in Cantabria and um, in Asturias there are pre-Roman villages that are UNESCO World Heritage Sites and okay. there, there's a, a lot to see there and that prehistory in the region is astounding it's it's really worthwhile to and, and in the cave what do you find in the caves um, 
well, specifically? The, um, they've been rebuilt because uh, the visitors, after, was it, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to get this wrong. Is it Herzog who made a movie about the... Oh, Werner Herzog. Yeah. Yes. Um, because these caves were discovered maybe in the 50s or 60s by the farmer whose land they were on. And the influx of visitors was uh, degrading the the cave paintings. These are prehistoric cave paintings. Okay. So they have reconstructed the caves in absolute, you know, precision in contours and in paint to replicate the way they were found in the in the 50s and are they on the same land or have they moved them physically they are nearby they're very nearby right and presumably the farmer's got his all locked up has he yeah the, it's not controlled by the farmer no i'd got to say the government's probably taken yeah. over yeah so i mean scientists can get in there by appointment on a very yeah. limited basis and that's yeah. it Okay. But it's, it's astounding. Yeah, it's 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 really beautiful, and these are um, paintings of of deer and people and. Uh, and how many years? How many years old do you believe they are? Mm, good question. Roughly. Uh, these are. I want to say. Fifteen thousand years old. Okay, all right. Well, that's yeah. that. Uh, that certainly predates uh, modern activity, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay. It's these uh, pre-Roman ruins that I'm referring to as well. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, a good good place to explore. Yeah. And then we moved on from Cantabria, Asturias, onto Galicia, and Galicia is the province in which Santiago de Compostela is. And so that's people who are walking the Camino are like, uh, you know, horse heading to the barn, getting to Santiago. But in fact, um, as we came at it along the very north coast, we started in this town called Ribadeo, which is um, a big river, um, the, the mouth of a, a big river. and. It just had one of the best meals, most memorable meals of our northern Spain experience, and we've had some excellent ones. But uh, it, it was showcasing all of the great Galician food, and that includes fabada with the big white beans that are um, special to this part yeah. of the world. Um, scallops, octopus, and stew there's the um, galician stew which you can really find on a lot of menus all over spain because it's so popular it's a seafood stew um, sometimes served just as a like a soup base and sometimes served over rice yes um, a lot of rice dishes which might have a tinted uh, uh, seafood tinted rice or regular rice and uh yeah it's Tasty, tasty stuff. Yeah, I, I bet. And I, I haven't heard you mention paella anywhere, so obviously that's a, a more southern dish, yeah? Yes, it really is. Um, you know, they're going to... They're, they're not touting paella in restaurants up in this region. Right. 
Well, it sounds fascinating. And, and when you say you you didn't hike the the uh, uh, the uh, trail, the Camino Trail, what well, you were driving on regular roads, were you? Yes, we is were. It, is, so, was that hard to do, or you're on secondary roads or highways, or what were you what were you choosing to drive on? There are main arteries. The the train service east west in this area is not great. I mean, right. I definitely recommend hiring a car and driving it. But the roads are excellent. I mean, they're right. You're not on back roads. These are these are major cities, and then connecting the small fishing villages. But there, the roads are good to get there. Uh, we could, on occasion, take a you know, a couple nights in one place and do a day hike right. and see what the trails were like and get out in nature. So how much time did you allocate to, to do this uh, northern Spanish journey? We did journey? about 10 or 12 days okay. um, between these, among these three uh, provinces. And did you just stay, you get somewhere and find a place to stay or had you booked in advance or in were you in Paradors we or...? Yeah. We did stay in a couple of paradors. There are paradors up there which are lovely. And one place that I would really recommend um, that we did not get to is the uh, the lake area in Asturias. The, uh, what are they called? The, the, uh, da, 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 da. the Cata, what are they called? The, oh, Covadonga Lakes. Sorry for that. Covadonga Lakes. Okay. Um, which are up in the Picos de Europa, the mountain range. Uh, resort areas, paradors, ski areas. So high altitude lakes, basically. Right. Yeah. Crystal okay. clear. That sounds, nice. that sounds lovely. Um, and now th- at, at this time of year when you visited, which I think you said was October, 2021 is that that's heading into a ski season or is it already snowy and cool up there it was beginning to rain up there uh we had very good weather during our i think we may have even started late september but early october was was wonderful and i would go back there at that time of year definitely and what about the height of summer is it is it going to be warm or elevated no, and cool because it's elevated and cool and you've got the sea breeze that's the big secret of asturias and that's why spaniards go there in the summer to cool down yeah right it's, it's lovely <laughs> yeah well it, it is warm in madrid i can vouch for that uh, in high summer it is it uh, is in fact most of spain gets uh, pretty pretty warm uh, well, that sounds uh, that sounds like an interesting trip and certainly something different, uh, Chris. Yeah, it is, and we you know we should mention too the wines. Uh, besides the cider, the northern part. Of course, if you get past Santiago, there is the Rioja Baixas, the, the Albariño wines. But the um, Asturias and Galicia, you'll find a red Mencia wine which is wonderful so those would be my two recommendations okay fantastic reporter Kristen Henning telling Graham Kemlo about her trip across northern Spain and for more information visit travelpast50.com 